the direction of mystery, holiness in the mystery. As far as I'm concerned, this is the only path worth studying anywhere, always. What is the direction of mystery? Almost immediately, our breath hesitates because it's unknown. Yet, the place where God, heaven, the cosmos, and my breath meet is not really mysterious. It is more the signature of that mystery, which is me. That's my home. It is the only moment in which my life fully enters, why I was created, who I am of that, a daughter or son, a person of the sacred, humble, ordinary, yet singular. Next breath, oh, why do we not study this? And the reason why we don't study this, in my experience, is that we are intoxicated with the shadow of karma. We are taught to study the incomplete parts of our actions. If karma is the word to act or enact or an action, we have the history of actions and we study how to follow those actions in the present so that rather than facing the direction of mystery, we face the direction of how the past might see us through with enough karma to survive. I would call that cowardice. I would call that never the path. There's a large difference between survival and falling. When we fall, we make an excuse for why we didn't show up. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, I had to just make sure I took care of my past karma. That's very different from saying, I'm sorry I was frightened to show up. Because as we all were facing the mystery of the present moment into the future, I had to embody the courage of what heaven has composed in me, of who I am to be, that honors my ancestors and yours by respecting how truth moved through them to the best of their ability. And they caretook their lives and their loved ones' lives and all of creation as best they could from one past moment in their lives to the next moment so that the past moment in my life might give me the courage to face the present into the mystery before me. Resolutely, honorably, in the direction of the mystery, so that heaven might reveal to my heart on their behalf, on behalf of all of your ancestors, and from the firmament of my own soul, my own spiritual heart and life, truth, 
reality. Oh, my goodness, and I've been allowed to survive and take the next breath as I encounter that mystery. Then there is a composite understanding which occurs of many things we never knew before. And never in my experience has God ever failed me in this, not once. So why do we live any other path but the path of the direction of the mystery? <clears throat> it's really because we teach one another that that way is not known yet. I go, of course it's not known yet. It's the next future moment. Well, what if it fails? I go, how would it fail? What if you don't live? I go, well, there's a great quote in the Judeo-Christian Bible that says, what happens if a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? It's in the, in the Christianized part of the New Testament, but it reflects back to certain teachings from the prophets of the Old Testament of Judaism and Christianity and Islam. And so there is always the direction of the mystery. Elijah, Moses, Lao Tzu, Achin Cha, Neem Karoli Baba, Ramana Maharshi, Sarda Devi. What did we all know to do? Well, we simply knew that the Creator had never left us alone. We knew that and myself innocently are now facing as mystery the next moment. Oh, home. Complete love. Transcendence embodied. It becomes so transparent. It's as if no one is there because there's no ego separate from God and oneself embodied in the moment into the next action. Every part of the aura feels somewhat unreal because the causation is from heaven of itself and through oneself. So there's oneness, ecstatic, clear, pure, pornimidam, Hail Mary, full of grace, may that move through me as well. And whatever our theologies, they are all studying this direction, the direction of the mystery of God. And then we become aware, I don't know what to do next. I go, well, of course, because it's never been done before. So just like the great prophets and saints and sages, one has the courage and the willingness to innocently breathe into the next moment in one's incarnation and in one's body. And then the mystery of God is within you and you are within you and they are one. And then through the mind and the aura and chakras, the personality self, the emotions, down through the tree bark of your etheric body and through your cells, you embody that principle. Everything in oneself that has been taught the quality of the shadow of karma says, don't, don't, no, don't, no, not yet, not here, never. 
Be faithful to the fear. Be faithful to not doing this until you know what's next. I go, you can't know what is next in the mystery of God unless you entrust yourself to faithfully represent that. This is the phrase, one cannot serve two masters. So we study these beautiful stories of figures of our sacred trust in history all across the world. And what we study is the astonishment of the moments when God showed up. And famously, people have asked all of these figures historically, how did you do this? Or then what did they do? Or how did this happen? And the historical figure, one might say, has nothing to do with it except everything to do with it as the child of God. So we tell a story and we think, how could I do that also? One could do this also by breathing and being and walking beside that historical person only from this present moment into the next moment, embodying the mystery and you, virtuously living as best you are able, impeccably, in complete integrity and love into the next moment and action. When we do this, we are addressing the direction that is our path, and we are taught by the mystery so that the essence or suchness of our soul, our consciousness, grasps this beyond death and is slightly shattered, but I'm, I'm dying into this. I'm dissolving into this. I, I'm going to have a tantrum because I don't think I'm going to like where this is taking me. Because the mystery will not show you where it's taking you, not completely. What it will show you is that you are serving it everywhere. You are representing it everywhere. It would be, to use a simple example from my childhood, I remember receiving a box of candy from my closest friend, John Kleehammer. Her mother and father gave a box to her and a box to me of these beautiful chocolates at Valentine's Day. I've told this story several times, and I was aware that I didn't want to share it with my siblings. I thought... This was for me, and I, I share everything, and this is one item that is going to be special, and I'm just going to tuck it away and put it somewhere. And I felt I had the right to do this. And my mother came to put clothing away and found it, and she was so disappointed in me. And she simply asked me, why, why would I do that? And I answered that I shared everything, and I, I had something here I didn't want to share. And we pointed out that I had a necklace I didn't share. I had clothing I didn't have to share. I had certain items that were allowed to be my own. And my mother was also teaching me that she came from a family where hunger was part of her childhood. So because there was the bounty 
of something beautiful, one of the beautiful heart-shaped Valentine's boxes, that I could share that. And then when I did share it, my sister sort of tore the um, decorations on the top of the box, and my mother realized what I had been trying to say and said to me, Honey, I'm really sorry. She hadn't understood that I was trying to take care of the gift, the box, not the candy inside. I would have happily shared the candy with everybody. And so I threw the box away after all the candy was shared. And I had wanted to keep that and, you know, put handkerchiefs in it or something because I just treasured that something so beautiful that was usually given more to older women and wives and adult daughters had been given to me. And my parents gave me many beautiful things, but this was just special. And my mother had not really understood what I was trying to say. And so there's a place where I am very aware of how my mother took care of humanity. I am also very aware of how she took care of me. And if I were faithful to the karma of the torn box, I would be always living in a shadow. I need more. I need to have another lace handkerchief. I need extra shoes. I need something to fill a hole in myself based on the debris of my past, based on what has hurt me in my past in some way. Instead, I'm careful, as I was trying to be in my late childhood, I'm careful if there's something special to me, I might say to a friend whose child is present, let's put my gloves up on the table there. I don't really want him to play with them. He can play with my other items, but I'm going to put the gloves away. And if the mother said, no, no, it's okay, I'd go, no, let me just put them away. I would use the discernment of caretaking the items of my life, going into the mystery of the next breath with the mother, with her son, her infant son, with myself, with my beloved late mother, with my sister, whom I love dearly, with all that I know from the past, I would utilize it as a way through but I would certainly not forsake the mystery of the next moment with the infant boy and his mother and my own ancestry. So most of where we get caught is we punish the child. You tore Beth's box. Did you do that on purpose? Well, I was jealous. Yes, she did it on purpose. We're speaking of this 50 years, 55 years after it happened. Why? Because in her mystery of that day, she hadn't been answered by God yet. So one must have the courage that in one's soul and heart and breath is the next moment through which the door of mystery is open to one's sister or mother or brother or father or child or nation in a way that has never been done before. 
This is the doorway the mystics hold open for our souls, our hearts, our minds, our personalities, our emotions, and our physical bodies. They remain attenuated beside us so that the direction is always allowing grace to enter that door. And that the past is not the shadow of karma, but the way karma has taught us to be discerning. That we allow the mystery to be ever-present so that that transcendent splendor and ecstasy is evident always. And we are ever children of that great love embodied within ourselves and for the sake of this, within all beings, within all creation, everywhere and always.